Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen, and today I am doing a solo show, which I have not done in quite a few weeks. So today um, I am going to be chatting all about how I'm preparing for postpartum this time around. Um, and so I'm going to give you some, some of the things I've been doing in this third trimester and then how I'm preparing for the entire uh, postpartum or fourth trimester. So uh, I think a few weeks ago, I said I was going to do two podcasts a week. And then um, logistically, I kind of mapped that out. And I'm like, what was I thinking? That is not a great idea because I'm trying to batch some episodes for when I go on maternity leave and decided that was just too stressful. So we're going to stick with one episode for now. I might increase to two, um, but it wouldn't be until the fall. So that's kind of where I'm at with that after I really sat down with um, myself and got honest, like, is this going to be something that's going to be feasible? I had topic ideas. So I have those spread out now through um, May, but I'm just like, I, I can't, uh, it's just too overwhelming. So it's kind of part of this uh, episode today about planning for that postpartum period. So I first will start with my first, a little bit, a glimpse into what happened the first time. So my son, who is almost seven, he was a leap day baby. Um, he, uh, came into this world and I was not at all prepared. And I first got introduced to Ayurveda while I was on a, you know, um, a yoga retreat in Costa Rica. And I just started dabbling in it. You know, I was going through my 200 hour yoga teacher training when I was, um, pregnant with my son. And then I graduated a month before, um, he was born and you learn just a little bit about Ayurveda in those programs. And so my, I had signed up for a kind of a seven week Ayurvedic lifestyle, um, program, which I loved, but I didn't really incorporate it. I mostly made excuses of like, I could never have early lighter dinner. I'm pregnant. I shouldn't be doing some of these things when in actuality, I totally could have. Um, but I just kind of made all of those excuses. So I had just a very basic background about what Ayurveda was. Well, once I had my son, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're going to bounce back. It's going to be so easy all of those things, which are not helpful because it wasn't, you know, my experience, it was not like that for, for myself. I was, um, kind of lost, confused. I was a shell of my former self and I really didn't know what to do. You know, I kind of felt, um, you know, I can't work out. So that was clearly my, you know, happy endorphins are coming from my workouts, but I couldn't do that. Um, I, I physically, even when I came back, I ended up with a glute tear because I started with all the basic moves, but I probably, um, should have taken a little bit more time and, um, ended up needing to take more rest from workouts. So the one thing that I felt consistent with and felt like myself with, I couldn't do, it was pulling away from me. And at that time, that was about all I had. And so I signed up for, and I have no idea. I think I found this through my Rachel, who was the one who I took her six week course. She had studied under Kate Stillman. And so I think she had suggested, Hey, maybe you should try her year long program. And so she, Kate has a program that is for, I think, beginners, um, people who want to do it for their family and then for, um, yoga teachers or, uh, wellness professionals. So I took that track, you know, to help teach other people, um, because that came with a few practicums at the end to graduate from the program. And so I decided, you know what, let's do it. I'll dive into this year long program, which is quite a commitment. And, um, I was probably maybe three months postpartum when I started this and that program really shifted my life because that's where I started to introduce Ayurveda into my lifestyle. And so I 
started to incorporate the Ayurvedic foods. I really dove into the early later dinners. You know, I had a lot of soups and cooked vegetables, healed my digestion. Um, I started to look at other practices I could be doing for my mental health besides just working out. So I introduced meditation, um, started a yoga practice because even though I went through my yoga teacher training, they didn't really emphasize having your own practice, which I think is a detriment um, actually to the program because as a yoga teacher, you want to have that, you want to have a program that you do for yourself. And so my 500 hour, you know, teacher training, we, they emphasize that, um, it wasn't required, but it was something that I personally was like, yes, I really want to make sure I, I hit this piece. And I develop those skills because that's what I'm trying to help other people do. And if I can't do it myself, how are you supposed to help other people develop these skills? So, um, for me, that's been something that really stood out And this is where my morning routines kind of came into place, which obviously with a newborn, you know, and even, you know, as my son was age two to three, it's still a little dicey because sometimes he wakes up early, sometimes a little later. So sometimes it gets cut off, but I had the, the, the bare bones of what I wanted to do every morning for myself. And so that is where I really started to kind of come into these other practices besides just, you know, working out. Um, I came into nature more. I stopped watching TV and just constantly listening to podcasts. That was something my husband said um, when I, when my son was probably little, he was like, well, you constantly have something on, which was true. Like I got, I, it was either the TV in the background. It was either the podcast on my phone. I was listening to lectures from this program. It was just, something was always on. I couldn't be in that silence. And so that was something where I started to really, you know, pull those things away and dive deeper into myself. So that was a little bit about kind of that postpartum experience. Now, actually the, the birth experience, which I was also not necessarily prepared for. I didn't take any classes. My husband and I went to the birthing class. Um, I think we went at like 25 weeks because that's when I needed to take it, um, to get my yoga, my 200 hour yoga teacher credits for. And so it was really early. So of course we don't remember any of it by the time I'm actually in labor and the nurse, I remember I told her, um, I would like to do it without an epidural. She asked me how, why did I think I could do that? And I told her, well, I practice yoga and I meditate. And so she said, okay. And that was it. Like that was our conversation. Now, really thinking back seven years ago, I didn't necessarily practice yoga. I was doing my prenatal classes once or twice a week and meditation was during the yoga class. I didn't have a home routine like I do now. And so I I'm glad, I guess, in some ways, because I think the first birth you're pretty naive to like all of the things that can happen anyway. I didn't do, I didn't read any books, didn't do any blogs. I didn't do any forums. I really went in raw, um, which probably was beneficial, So, you know, if I'm being honest this time around, it kind of scares me a little bit more because I know of all the things that can happen. Um, I know of all the, um, like, okay, this is when you might need this, or, you know, even what hemorrhaging is after birth. I didn't know what any of that was after the first time. So it's just a little bit more awareness this time, which can be good and bad, I guess, at the same time. But this time around, you know, I'm still running my own business. It's not set up in quite the same way I was the first time which the first time around, it was just in-home personal training. Um, And I basically handed off my clients to other trainers or some clients just worked out on their own. And that was how I kind of set up my business. There was no extra revenue coming in through any online programs. Um, I had just rested my podcast for a few months. I didn't batch ahead. 
I didn't batch any blogs ahead. It was just kind of everything paused for really only six weeks because I was like, I need, we need the income. And we didn't necessarily plan, you know, my son was not planned. And so we didn't plan for any of this to happen. My husband was working corporate at the time. Um, and so we kind of did like, what, how much time can he take away? And all of those things. It was just kind of very fly by the seat of your pants. So this time around, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure I have things organized the best that I can. Um, so I'm having my podcast, I've batched interviews and I'm going to do some solo shows, record a few of those ahead of time. Um, and then I probably won't record new ones until April or May, my solo shows like this, where, um, so some of them are going to be pre-recorded before I gave birth, which the topics are totally fine. Um, so you won't, you won't even notice, but that's kind of the behind the scenes of things. <clears throat> now I'm also going to make sure I have my newsletters. I want to make sure I send at least one or two a month. So that way I just keep people informed. Those will probably be more real time um, as, as baby comes. I'm not necessarily doing a set. Here's when I'm coming back to work date. So I'm leaving it very open to May or June, just depending how I feel. Um, I don't want to do this six to eight weeks like I did last time. It just wasn't enough time for myself to recover you know, physically as well as mentally, emotionally. Um, and I'm definitely not going to travel where I traveled last time um, at six weeks postpartum. So no traveling for myself for business, because with that travel, I also had to do some business like homework before that trip. So I really was trying to function on, you know, zero amount of sleep, new everything, um, you know, new baby, new sleep schedule, new approach to business, all of this stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing. And so that was not the greatest idea, which I will not be doing this time. You know, this is where I'm like, yes, I'm going to take this, take the space. Um, and so that's kind of a little bit about the behind the scenes of it all. So in case anyone else is running a business, it's totally possible to do. It does take a little planning, um, but also leaving room for the unknown because you just, you never know. You never know if you want to maybe um, a program that you currently have, maybe you just want to stop doing because it's just no longer aligned with you. Maybe there's a new program that, you know, you decide you want to do after baby arrives because you had this new insight, you had the time to rest. So I'm leaving the door open for all of that much more space this time. So in terms of the actual practical, what am I doing? So this third trimester, um, I'm doing some practices to help me hopefully have an easier labor. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more on, um, in probably next month before the birthing process, how the entire pregnancy, um, how it went for me and things that I learned and maybe things that I would do differently next time. Well, probably won't be a next time for myself. This is probably done. Um, cause I am 38. And so I'm like, my mom's like, Oh, when are you gonna have another? I'm like, I don't think, I think we're closing that door. Um, like I, I am not not one to think this, this is not something I probably will do again. So this will be the last pregnancy, but this isn't a way for, you know, maybe you're thinking about having a baby, maybe things that you could do that um, I didn't do that might help you. So that's how I'm kind of looking at those practices. So those third trimester practices that I'm doing and loving eating ghee daily. So whether I put it in my soup, whether I cook my eggs in it in the morning, I'm making sure I have some ghee, uh, enjoying a date every day now, um, for about since the third trimester started. And then once I'm at, um, week 39 of pregnancy, I will do six dates a day. 
And that's supposed to help with your iron and it's supposed to help with postpartum hemorrhage. So these are little things that I want to make sure I do. Uh, other foods that I'm incorporating the last couple months, pumpkin seeds, sweet potatoes, avocados, and almonds. Those are all good OJAS building foods. And so I'm incorporating those because what gets depleted really hard during postpartum is your OJAS or your vital energy. Now, starting at month eight in Ayurveda, your OJAS rotate from you to baby. And so one day your baby might have a lot of OJAS, you have none. The next day you have them all, baby has none. I have seen kind of that pattern in my own life. I can tell when there are days where I'm just like zapped. That means the baby is taking all of my OJAS that day. And then maybe the next day I come back and I'm like, I feel amazing. The OJAS have flipped back in my favor. And so knowing this, I'm really trying to work with my energy in those regards. And so those days I feel that energy and I feel that kind of burst, I might put a little bit more on my to-do list or more on my plate. Um, and then I just know that next day I'm probably going to clear my plate, not going to put a lot on because I'm probably going to be a little tired. So that's how I'm kind of flowing with the OJAS during this third trimester. Other practices I'm doing meditation daily, because again, this is something quieting the mind and just kind of preparing myself for birth going inwards, because that is the ultimate inward experience is birth and just kind of really tapping into, you know, how does my body feel? Where do I feel the babies aligned right now? You know, are they head down? Are their feet up? You know, where, where are we kind of sitting in the, in the, in the belly? And so I'm kind of really tuned into that right now during my meditations. Typically I do those in the morning and then in the evening I do an Abhinyanga practice. I've been doing that probably mid second trimester. So daily Abhinyanga, I just do self-massage on my couch. I put a towel down and then I just massage from my feet all the way up to my, well, my legs, my belly, and my arms are usually what I'm doing right now. Alternate nostril breathing, which I usually pair in the morning with my meditation. So some sort of breath work, red raspberry leaf tea. I started doing one cup a day, starting at 28 weeks. And then I'm going to increase that. Um, well, sometimes I already have like at 32 weeks, I'm comfortable taking that now. Some people aren't, and some doctors don't recommend until 36 weeks. So it really is kind of a comfort thing there. Personally, since I've studied, um, with some herbalist and I know what they recommend, I'm fine with taking it now. Um, it does not cause you to go into labor. It just kind of helps. It's a, it's a uterine toner. And so more or less, it's going to help you once you actually go into labor. It's not something and recover postpartum. It's not something that's going to kick off labor. That is kind of, I guess, the myths surrounding that. So that is just a little bit about that. Um, and then the last two are new ones to me completely uh, are a perineal massage. And I've been doing that daily since about 32 weeks. And so on my blog for this, if you're curious about how to do it, I have a little um, picture of how to do perineal as well as the Yoni Pichu, which I'll talk about in a second. But the perineal, you can massage ghee or any oil or no oil, but you use your thumb or your index finger and you kind of press into the vagina and you massage along kind of the um, more towards the anus side of yourself to relax those perineal muscles. And then again, you can do that daily in that third trimester and um, you can do a grounding mudra in your opposite hand, a yoni mudra, if you want to kind of prepare the body. So this can be done. I personally, it's about five minutes. I do it and I just kind of relax into it because it helps soften the tissues. 
for me, that's always been my kind of Achilles heel is a tight pelvic floor. And so these two practices I've already noticed are making a huge difference in my um, bowel movements. So I'm having regular bowel movements. Again, I had to start taking iron, um, which I'll talk about probably next month as well, but I had to start taking some iron supplements that then started causing me to be constipated. And so these two practices, once I started incorporating them again, um, I've had no issues every morning. Now I'm having bowel movements and I'm guaranteeing it's probably because I am softening those tissues, which then has me going down a whole nother rabbit hole when I'm healing postpartum. Um, I always like to see a pelvic floor physical therapist, but I can give her this information, um, because the gal I see that, you know, I, I love her. She's great. Sarah Knight. She's in, um, the Minneapolis St. Paul area for anyone local to Minnesota, highly recommend her. And, um, I will tell her this information. And so she'll be able to say, okay, great. We have a lot of things that we might need to be doing to help relax then that pelvic floor. So obviously before birth, you want those tissues to be softer. You want to be having that relaxed and softening feeling. So I think these two practices hopefully will help me um, be able to really relax into there on a physical level. And then the meditation and the breath work, all of those kind of on that, um, body awareness, mental, emotional level of really just softening. So the other practice, the Yoni Pichu, I personally started that at 33 weeks, but you can start that. Um, I believe one of my Dr. Vasant lad, when I took a course with them, they had said, you know, at month seven, if you want to take that or start doing Yoni Pichu. So what this one is, is you're going to use, you want to make sure it's an organic cotton ball. And then you're going to, you can unroll a second cotton ball and wrap it around it. I personally found the one that I bought, not that's a no-go for me. So I just use my one organic um, cotton ball. I melt some ghee. I soak the cotton ball in the ghee. You want to make sure it's not like going to burn you. So it's not like burning hot. Then you're going to insert that cotton ball into the vagina three inches so, and that's just past the ring of the entrance to the vagina. So if you're kind of like, how far is that? You leave it in there for about 20 minutes. So you might, again, I do this sitting on the couch and I put a towel underneath. So I'm still sitting on my towel that I've just done my Abhinyanga on. And then I, you know, I watch TV. Um, I meditate, I read whatever you want to do for 20 minutes. You can do it for an hour or up to overnight. I personally probably won't do overnight just because I'm scared about like, ah, am I going to be able to get it out? So I personally just have done like the 20 minutes. I did play with going 30 minutes um, last night and that felt fine too. And actually is very grounding to the Vata Dosha. So you might notice that as well of like, oh, wow, I feel a little bit more relaxed. I feel myself being grounded. So those are two practices that I personally have been loving um, that I don't know if I would have ever tried before, even having read these, um, but knowing what I know about Ayurveda and how it's really helped me, it's like, what, why not, why not try it and see what happens? So those are two practices that if you also have tight pelvic floor muscles, I would definitely maybe look into one, if not both of those. Okay. So now kind of switching gears from like how I'm preparing for that part of the journey. Now we're going to go to the actual postpartum preparation. So this time around, I read the first 40 days by, oh, I'm going to butcher the name, Hang O, and um, highly, highly recommend it. So this is a book that I'm sure you might have heard of, um, but it is really, it's well worth it. I bought it on sale um, probably when my son was a year old. 
And I didn't know why I bought it, but I was like, you know what? It's on sale. It's like $4. Like what is brand new. So, um, I hadn't read it though until, well, I needed it. So I followed a lot of the book in there. They have some Ayurvedic and Eastern takes on recovering postpartum, especially those first six weeks. So in Ayurveda, those first 42 days are key. Um, They say those first 42 days affect the next 42 years of a woman's life after birth. And so really honoring those 42 days, slowing down. So that's something that I'm going to be very intentional with this time that I wasn't the first time. So I've already frozen some soups in Ziploc bags for my hubby to prepare for me. Um, kind of the, the structure of our house. So we have kind of two floors. We have a small home, but um, our bedrooms are upstairs. And so it's not recommended to take stairs that first week to two weeks postpartum. And um, I will probably, once I get up there, I'm not planning on coming back down for a week or two. Now the downfall, our bathtub is on the first floor. But the plus side, I have a yoni steam box. And so I've taught my husband how to make the yoni steams for me and how to prepare them. So he will just kind of cook those on the stove, bring up the boiling pot of herbs, and then I will be able to do my yoni steam upstairs. Um, So that's kind of nice. That's what I'm going to do in place of, you know, the the bath. I will be able to shower because we do have a shower upstairs. So those are some like very logistic things. Um, I will also be moving like my toothbrush, my shower products, all of that. I'm making sure I get that all upstairs and ready to go. I will have a journal, candle, iPad, books, all of the things that I think I might need those first few weeks. I'm just going to have them upstairs in our bedroom and um, just make sure that all of the little things are around me. My son, who again, he's going to be almost be seven when the little one gets here he's good at grabbing his own snacks. And so, and listening to boundaries. So my husband typically works in the evenings. And since he runs his own business, you know, he might take maybe that first week off or so, but same thing with me, we both can't obviously not work or we have no money coming in. So that is one of, I guess, a downfall of the, of running your own business. There is no paid time off. And so he will be doing the best he can. And then my son will probably help out the best he can. And so I want to make sure we've kind of set this up with him already. So he knows he's being taken care of and his needs are met. And I don't want to have to rely on the seven-year-old to have to do everything for us. And so I'm making sure that we are having a lot of like mom and Jalen days together just to make sure that he feels seen, need, um, feel seen and heard. And then um, I've signed him up for a chess club after school one day a week because He's not going to be doing any swim lessons or soccer or basketball just because it's too hard with that little one um, being in the winter season to get out and about a ton. And he knows that. And so we told him, yep, once May or June comes around, you'll be back into swim lessons and back into your activities. And so my husband also, what he does is he's actually a basketball coach. And so he'll be able to bring him to the gym a few times as well. So he can do some sessions there. So he just has some activities that he can, um, you know, feel taken care of. Cause I want to make sure he's not feeling forgotten. Um, so that's something that we were being really conscious about as well, just because he has been an only child for, you know, almost seven years. Like this is going to be a big adjustment for him and he's excited, but I also, you know, I don't know if he knows exactly what's coming. So that's where we're trying to balance those needs as well. So then as far as specific postpartum practices that I'm planning on doing, I will be doing those yoni steams starting that first week postpartum. I will be taking baths, maybe starting that second week 
or whenever I think I can kind of go down and up the stairs without any tearing. Cause again, with that glute tear last time, I'm just really conscious of not doing something like that to myself again. Um, I will have a weighted heavy blanket. So I will have that for my womb space that first week of postpartum. So I will have that upstairs in the bedroom. I will be doing some belly binding, which Ayurveda recommends. And that's not to like shrink the waist. It's more or less to help with the Vata dosha. So in Ayurveda, the Vata is really what you're um, working on pacifying during those postpartum times. And so the belly binding is more or less that womb space. It's empty now. Like it's full. Like right now, as I'm recording this, my womb space is full. I got a baby in there. I got the placenta. It's just full, but it's going to be really empty. And if we think about that, what's going to move in is the air ether. And so we want to make sure that it feels um, taken care of. And so that binding, that weighted blanket can help bring down that grounding to the vata. Along with those practices, abhinyanga. So I'll be doing some self-massage. Um, my husband might do some massage to my feet and my legs just to kind of help ground the vata. Foods, easy to digest. So lots of soups and bone broths those first few weeks, as well as Ayurvedic teas that I'll be drinking. And then help from my husband and my son. We set up boundaries. So we kind of know, um, like, here's what I need from you. Here's what might I might expect from you. All of those things. Um, setting up our upstairs, you know, floor. So it's all the things that I might need for those first few weeks, setting up boundaries with visitors, especially as we come in, you know, here in Minnesota could still be cold flu season. You know, it's going to be mid February. So depending on what stuff is going around, you know, really kind of, um, you know, limiting that Yoni Pichu. So that ghee with that, um, that ghee with the cotton ball and sticking it up into the vagina. That is something postpartum to do as well. That one I probably will do maybe a week or two. Um, I'm going to give a little, little space there. And then I'll probably do that again because that helps ground the vata. And then belly paste before belly binding. So I've been using these Ayurveda Mama monthly boxes. And the belly paste, the Yoni Pichu um, oils, uh, the belly bind itself, those are all going to be coming in my Ayurvedic Mama box, which is wonderful. I don't have to think about that. They will also be shipping me a newborn box. And so I'll have some little um, abhinyanga oil for a baby and other things that the baby might need, Ayurvedically speaking. So highly recommend that. I put the link, I'll put it in the show notes if anyone's um, interested in getting those monthly boxes. I started getting those boxes, I think at five months pregnant. And so they have one, you can start it as soon as, um, you know, trying to, you know, conceive, um, or you can start it whenever, you know, whenever in your pregnancy. So I, I've been really loving those boxes just to have some nice Ayurvedic supplements um, in terms of the oils, in terms of the flower essence, um, some of the bath herbs, all of the things that you might need, they, they provide with you in this box. So that pretty much is it. You know, I'm really working on leaving room for space um, and magic and not having a set like here's when I'm coming back. I just really want to lean into the feeling and how, how do I, how do I feel? How is the family feeling? Um, before we kind of set into things and the downfall of this is when I'm kind of coming back into my own work, my husband enters his busiest season at work. So he'll actually be traveling quite a bit, um, come April for basketball tournaments. And then 
you know, once it's summer, that's his busy season, June, July, and August are his three busy, busy months. And so um, I'm just kind of really teetering with how do I want myself to look so I don't end up burning myself out because I don't want to end up coming back to work, doing too much, committing to too much, juggling two kids now, and then, um, you know, trying to keep the household together and then trying to keep myself together. So that's where I'm really leaving some space there um, just to allow to what feels good. So that is, that is what I have for you today. You know, I hope you found some of that helpful. If you have a business or if you're thinking about, you know, starting a business, just some of the things that might come into play when you're, when you're planning for, um, you know, postpartum and when you're planning for a maternity leave, when it's not necessarily paid and there's no set start and end dates, how do you kind of manage it all? So that's a little glimpse into how I'm doing it this time. Who knows how it will work. There's always surprises. So, um, that's kind of, that's kind of what I got. All right. If you have any questions, feel free to send me a DM over at seasonal Andrea. And I will be back in a few weeks with another solo show. So enjoy the uh, interview episode next week and go out there and spread your peaceful power.